happening? Okay, everybody's ready? We're good? Good to go? All right, here we go. Um, we've been doing this series on the great cloud of witnesses. We've been going through Genesis, Abram. Eventually we got to Abram, Isaac, Jacob. We went on to Joseph. We're nearing the end of Joseph. We're, right, we're coming to a conclusion. Uh, our, so this is message number 25. Uh, great cloud of witnesses. Our theme today is be a blessing. Be a blessing. So this, this matter of blessing, blessing others. Uh, and we can see it in Jacob. We see it in Joseph. And it's a principle that applied then, 2,000 odd years ago. And it applies today. Actually, it's 4,000 years ago. It applies today. God wants his people to be a blessing to those around them. That applies to you, applies to me. You know, I like the last song we had. May my life song sing to you. Right? You know, on one hand we sing, so that's a good song to sing. It says our life is a song. You want to say a song, a poem, whatever. A story, right? We hope our life will be, have value to the Lord, to God. You know, at the end of your life, I mean, that song says, the end of the day, Lord, I want to sign your name. I want to say, Lord, today counted. There was something in this day of value to me and of value to you. And brothers and sisters, friends, that's, if that's true in every day of our life, that will be true at the end of our life. You know, one day, you and I won't be here We'll come to the end of our life, or Jesus will come. Either way, we will meet God, we will meet Jesus, and the question is, what was your life worth? You know, at the end of your life, and you've got to look at your life like that, you know. I think at the end of your life, you, will, you know, when you're old, you won't say, oh, I wish I bought that car. You know, I didn't, never bought that sports car back then, I, you know, whatever, I wish I bought that bigger house. I don't, you're not going to say that. You know, when people are approaching the end of their life, they don't talk about their car, their house. Things have a different, you know, I wish, I, you know, I wish, I'd, I, I wish I'd worked harder. I wish I'd made more money. I wish I'd done that deal. You don't talk about stuff like that because what's ahead of you, that's all behind you. What's ahead of you is, it's the end of your life. What was your life worth? Okay, and you're going to meet God. You're going to meet Jesus Christ. What is your life worth? We should evaluate our life today in the light of that. So I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad I'm here. I think some of us this morning think, you know, should I go or not? Maybe I'll turn over, sleep an extra hour. Well, thank God you're here. Thank God I'm here. You didn't stay home. I didn't stay home. We're here because we want our life to count with God and God to be able to do things in our life, through our life, to others. Are you with me? Yes. Say amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. Be a blessing. All right. We followed the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph didn't have an easy life. But his life counted with God eventually is recorded in detail in Genesis. He gets a longer narrative than Abram, than Isaac. 
you know, he gets a long narrative because eventually his life became a blessing. Jacob's life became a blessing. And we can learn things from that. Okay, you know, we, after a long separation, 20 odd years, probably 22 years, roughly, Jacob, Joseph, you know, his brother, God's arrangement, there was a famine. His brothers came down to Egypt where he was ruler. Eventually, he took them through a process. Eventually, they had changed. They had transacted, dealt with their past, and he was able to tell them, I'm Joseph. Hey, guys, it's me. Wake up. Right? We have a picture. We'll back up a bit. Right? Right? That's Joseph. Guys, it's me. I'm Joseph. Who do you think I am? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's Joseph. I'm your brother. You know, this is it. Reconciliation. Go tell my father. Right? He hadn't seen his father for a long time. Go and tell my father, Joseph, your son is alive. And come to me. You know, I, I've got a position here in Egypt. I'm going to provide for you. Leave everything. Come down here. I'll take care of you. So the brothers go back. They send wagons back to bring Jacob and the rest of the family down to Egypt. So they come. 70, 60 odd, 70 people. Whole of Jacob's extended family come down to Egypt. They're refugees. They're immigrants. And they immigrate to Egypt. Right? So they come to Egypt. And uh, Joseph is reunited with his father, Jacob. After this long separation, he gets to see his father again. His father says, well, Jacob, Joseph, I, I've seen you. I realize you're alive. I'm happy. It's good enough. Right? He's re he's re he feels like everything's fulfilled in my life. Actually, God gave him another 17 years to be with his son. So even though he thought it's enough, God gave him a good 17 years. Father and son are reunited in Egypt. So uh, our verses, we're in chapter 47. I'm just going to read you a couple of verses. Chapter 47, verse 1, which is where we are. So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, my father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan. They're now in the land of Goshen. So they, everybody comes down to, uh, to Egypt. They settle in the land of Goshen. That's an area in the, in the Nile Delta. They settle there. It's interesting. My father-in-law, so Faith's grandfather and her uncle, my brother-in-law and their family, they live in Goshen. Goshen, Indiana. <laughs> you know, there's a town, small town in, in Indiana, USA, called Goshen. Why is it called Goshen? It's from here. You know, Goshen was a place of refuge for, for God's people back then. There's Goshen, Indiana, right? You want to see it? It's a farming community. Anyway, they came down to Egypt. Okay, then if we jump forward. So they all come down and then... Uh, there's, the, there's an introduction of Jacob's family or Joseph's family to Pharaoh and especially uh, Jacob. We want to go through that. So verse 7 of the same chapter, go forward a little bit. Yeah, 7 says, Then Joseph 
brought Jacob his father, his father's aged. He brought his old father in and stood him before Pharaoh. Joseph is around 40, almost 40 years old. His father's significantly older. Uh, he brought his father in before Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the emperor, the leader, the, you know, in the Egypt, the power in that area. He's the top guy. He brings him in. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many are the days of the years of your life? Obviously, he looked at them. Jo Jacob looked aged. He asked him, how old are you? Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my sojourning, my journeying, are 130 years. What's my age? 130 years. I've been traveling, journeying this life 130 years. Few and evil or few and hard have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. So I'm 130. Actually, his Abram and Isaac were significantly older in their, in their lifetime, right? Their lives extended farther. Then J Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. So you have this short account. Very simple. Number one. Jacob comes in before Pharaoh. Jacob is a refugee, right? He came because of the famine. He's a displaced person, right? From a neighboring country in need. He's an aged refugee bringing his family to this powerful country. He comes to the top guy. He comes before him. He's brought in. He stands before Pharaoh. He blesses Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asks the question, Jacob answers the question, then Joseph, Jacob again blesses Pharaoh and goes out. It's very simple. The beginning and the end is blessing. Jacob begins by blessing Pharaoh. Jacob ends by blessing Pharaoh. In between, they talk about his age and his life. A few have a little exchange. Jacob is a blessing to Pharaoh. And he, he's a means of blessing. Brothers and sisters, God wants his people to bless others. And that's what, at the end of his life, Jacob is able to do that. He's, a, he's not grasping. Early in life, he's grasping. He wants this, that, everything for him. The end of his life, he's not grasping. He's giving. He's not on the take. He's on the give. He's giving blessing to Pharaoh, to, right? And he goes out from the presence of Pharaoh. Uh, and that shows us what God wants to do. You know, and God's people... The family of Jacob, who is Israel, and now it's a larger family, 70 people, have gone down to Egypt, and they're going to live there. Jacob is there, Israel is there, the people are there, they're in Egypt, the country, they're under Pharaoh, and Pharaoh appreciates them, and they're blessing Pharaoh and blessing the country. And I like to point that out, because... You know, this is Genesis. We're in Genesis. We're not in Exodus. You know, you fast forward 400 years. Yes, things are different. 
And that's typically what we emphasize. But before we go there, let's be here. Let's think about Egypt here, Pharaoh here. Later there's later Egypt and later Pharaoh. That's a different Pharaoh and things are different. But at this point, there's Egypt, there's Pharaoh, right? So Jacob is blessing. You know, later on, we're more familiar with the story of Moses, of Egypt and, and slavery. At that time, there's, there, there's a conflict between God's people and Egypt, between Pharaoh and Moses and God's people. Yes, there's a conflict. They're, they're adversaries. And people use that and say, Egypt is the world. Pharaoh is Satan. Pharaoh represents Satan. Egypt represents the world. The, Satan is against God. The world is against the church, against God's people. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. There are two sides of this story. Later, right, there's slavery in Egypt, in Exodus. Pharaoh is negative, trying to oppress. That's 400 years later. Think about it. At this point... Actually, Pharaoh is not negative. He's not oppressing. He's welcoming. He's receiving. He's appreciating. Right? And Egypt is not an adversary. Egypt is a place of refuge for God's people. So, brothers and sisters, friends, you know, our relationship with society, yes, we're God's people. Our relationship with society, with our community, has a number of sides. And it's not that simple. We shouldn't be one-sided, right? At this point, you know, fair, based on what happened, God used Joseph to warn Pharaoh of the famine that was coming. God gave Pharaoh those dreams about seven and seven. God used G Joseph to interpret them. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. So you have to prepare. God warned Pharaoh so he could take care of his people. And Pharaoh appreciated Joseph and his, how God used him and his abilities. So Pharaoh appointed him over the country. You want to say administrator, manager, you know, whatever. Economic czar, administrator, whatever status you want to give him. He administered Egypt for the seven years of plenty, for the seven years of famine, right? And that's the account that happens. God used Joseph to bless Egypt, Right? So the relationship between Joseph and also Jacob and the family and Egypt, the society, the world at that time was not negative. It was positive. Right? So I think we have a good, uh, you know, it gives us a principle here. Sometimes we think of the church, you know, the church should be separate. Church should be apart, not involved in the world, not involved in society. There's another side that, here's a good picture, that God used Joseph and God put Joseph in a place to administer the country and through Joseph, that country was blessed. 
It was blessed. And that actually is the practical outworking of Jacob's blessing. So I like to point out to you, Jacob and Joseph are a team. So when the family goes to Egypt, Jacob comes before Pharaoh and Jacob blesses him. In the beginning, he blesses him. He talks to him. At the end, he blesses him. But how does that work out? That works out because Joseph, the next generation, Joseph is in a position of administration, management in that country, in that society. And you read the rest of the chapter. Joseph institutes arrangements, reforms. He handles things so that the people live so that the people have food to eat, so that they survive, they can have children, they can proceed, and they can go on. Through his administration, Pharaoh is blessed, Egypt's blessed, and that is the practical outworking of Jacob's blessing. Amen? Here's God's people blessing. Right? You know, and we should, okay, God, that's our point this morning. God wants you and I to bless. To bless. You say, bless who? You know, well, uh, it's easy for us to bless our children, bless our grandchildren, bless our family, isn't it? And in the next chapter, we're in chapter 47. In chapter 48, Jacob blesses his grandchildren. In chapter 49, Jacob blesses his children. Right? And that's normal. We all want to bless our children, bless our grandchildren. That's normal. You bless your family. Or you can say, right? These are the people of God. We want to bless the people of God. But in chapter 47, there's a blessing to the society. There's a blessing to the community. It's not just to God's people. It's through God's people to the society, to the world. And God wants you and I to be a blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. You know the song? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> You're not old enough. <laughs> Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing to someone today. All right. God wants us to be a blessing. To be a blessing. You know, God blesses you. God blesses me. And through us, Individually, collectively, God wants us to bless others. Amen? Right? In many ways. You know, and it's not just a spiritual thing. It's, yes, is it spiritual? Yes. Is it physical? Yes. Is it material? Yes. God wants us to bless people in many ways. Praise the Lord. That's what, right. This is the you know God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and in you all the nations will be blessed. Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing, and through you all the nations will be blessed. Right. So he's a channel of blessing. Is that spiritual? Yes. Is that fulfilled in Christ? Yes. But it's not just a spiritual thing. It's more general. God wants us to be a means of blessing. Praise the Lord. Right? So I think it's good. You know, then that covers our whole our life. 
You know, I think a lot of times we, could, we think of, you know, I need to bless people. I, I preach the gospel. I give people a Bible. That's the means to bless people. I invite people to, a, to church. That's the way to bless people. I invite them to a Bible study, home meeting. Yes, that's the means to, to bless people. But it's more general. God wants us to bless people generally. Physically, materially, psychologically, and spiritually. Amen? It's good. You know, and I think we have a lot to learn from other Christians. You know, Ebola is spreading. Ebola is spreading in the world. There's one thing spreading faster than Ebola. You know what that is? The fear of Ebola. Ebola is spreading. But one thing spreading faster is the fear of Ebola. Look at what happened in the States. Maybe you didn't follow the news. It's the fear of Ebola. Christians are in the forefront of the fight trying to help people with Ebola. Christians are in the forefront of the effort to help people who have Ebola. Why are they? Why are they in the forefront? Because they realize God wants us to bless people. God wants us to help people. They're sick, they're need. We help them. We help them spiritually and we help them physically. We help them if we can by care, by medicine, by prevention. We help them. Uh, the first one, the first people who contacted Ebola and was brought to the U.S. was a doctor. His name is Dr. Kent Brantley. And if you watch the news, you know, secular news doesn't give you much. You know, he, he was, eventually he was released from the hospital and the news clip says, you know, has him declaring, today's a marvelous day. I'm thrilled to be alive, to be well, to be reunited with my family. Cut. You get it? So he's healed. So you see him leave hospital and he says, today's a marvelous day. I'm thrilled to be alive, to be well, to be reunited with my family. Cut. They don't tell you the rest of the story. What's the rest of the story? The rest of the story is this. He said this. There we go. We have a picture. He's uh, in the U.S. Uh, he said, as a medical missionary, I never imagined myself in this position. When I and my family moved to Liberia, that's Africa, last October to begin a two-year term working with Samaritan's Purse. That's a Christian organization. This family, that's doctor and his family, two kids, moved to Liberia, Africa to serve that country. Uh, he said, when we moved there, Ebola was not on the radar. We moved to Liberia because God called us to serve the people of Liberia. He's a medical doctor. He has some skills. He moved his family there to serve. With the gospel, yes. But with the medical help, right? As a doctor, even more. To serve the people physically, medically. 
right? In March, at that time, the people not talking about Ebola. In March, we got word Ebola was in Guinea and it spread to Liberia. We prepared as best I could. We could. We took every precaution. They helped people in the hospital there in Liberia. On Wednesday, July the 23rd, I woke up feeling under sick. Then my life took an unexpected turn as I was diagnosed with Ebola virus. The doctor himself got Ebola virus. As I lay in my bed in Liberia for the following nine days, getting sicker and weaker every day. He's got it. He's in Liberia. That's third world. He's getting sicker and sicker and weaker. He said, I prayed, to, I prayed that God would help me to be faithful even in my illness. And I prayed that my, it, whether in life or in death, God would be glorified. God would be glorified, whether by life or by death. And he, it's not hypothetical. He's facing the real possibility, I may die. He said, I didn't know then, but I've learned since that there were thousands, even millions of people around the world praying for me. There were people praying for him. Throughout that week and even today, I've heard story after story. He says a little bit more. Thanks for their prayer and support. I can tell you that, that I serve a faithful God who answers prayer. Right? Through the care of the, the organization and the mission team. Right? And drugs, the experimental drugs and the healthcare system. God saved my life in answer to, to thousands and thousands of prayers. Praise the Lord. Here's somebody serving people, right? Physically, he's using what he has to bless people. Brothers and sisters, meeting people's need is also serving God. He's serving. It's interesting. There's another um, nurse in Texas, they, right? There was somebody from Liberia, came to Dallas, Texas, became sick, went to hospital, and eventually passed away. The nurses who served that person got sick. Here's one. Her name was Nina Pham. She's Vietnamese-American. She's also a believer. She's a believer in Christ. Went to a Christian university. Trained to be a nurse to serve people. Why are these people involved with people in that situation? They want to serve God. Serving God by taking care of people's need. Right? Physical need. Spiritual need, yes. But they also have a physical need. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray. We should pray for these people. Pray for them. And we should ask the Lord, Lord, what, what about me? What can I do? God uses them. God also wants to use us to bless others. Spiritually, physically, materially. Right? God used Jacob. God used Joseph to bless Egypt. The people in that society at that time. God wants to use his people today to bless others around in many ways. Because we think about overseas, right? Yes, there's needs. In the world, there are a lot of refugees. Probably, I haven't checked the figures. There's probably more refugees today than there have been for a long time. Right? You think of all the problems. Refugees who need help. There's people, Christians, who are trying to f helping feed them, clothe them, house them. 
right? Even in Toronto, it's a place refugees come. I think we have some pictures. Right? There you go. There's people arriving in Canada. They're refugees. They don't know people. They don't know anybody. They don't know how things work. They end up here. Thank the Lord. Amen. That's an opportunity for you, for I, to help them. You know, think about it. You know, most of us in this room, this is not our, you know, we came here. Canada received us, right? Whether you are a refugee or immigrant, whatever. Canada received you. Now there's people coming. How about we welcome them? Amen. How about we help them? There are ways to help. I think we can outline them to you. There are people here, right? And there are people in need, right? Around the, in the city. So there's needs abroad. You know, we can use our money. We can use our time. We can help. God wants us to help others to be a blessing to those nearby, our neighbors, in our neighborhood, in our city, in our country, and in the world. God wants to use us to make us a blessing. Brothers and sisters, how about we, you know, ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do this week to be a blessing to someone? You know, it's not all about you. What can I do to bless others? Right? You know, Jesus said, when you're making a feast, don't invite people, you know, don't invite your friends, whatever, people who will reciprocate. I invite you, you invite me. Jesus said, when you're making a feast, invite the people who, will, who cannot repay you. You ever think about that? <laughs> That's the challenge. Invite people who cannot repay you. They don't have, right? Anyway, think about it. Right? We want to be a blessing. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing to someone today. Amen. How about we pray this week? Lord, make me a blessing to someone this week. Amen. All right. How about we ask, do we have the musicians here? We got time. Let's sing my life song, Sing to You. I like it. May I, right? This week, may we do something, right? Consider before the Lord. Maybe you, maybe your group. You know, as a church, we should also ask, what can we do as a church? Right? Not for us, for others. Right? I think it's a good question. You all right? You ready? Amen. Lord, we thank you. Lord... You have come to us. You've blessed us. Blessed us with yourself. Blessed us with your salvation. Blessed us with your provision. Lord, you want your, your people to shine as a light in the world, as a light in the city. Lord, you want us to be a blessing to others. Lord, we pray. Stir us up. Stir our hearts. Show us, Lord, how we can bless others. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.